Hey everyone, welcome back to the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm JP. I'm here with uh, Andrew and BP today. Um, it's been a minute. Did you guys miss me? I honestly had no idea you were gone. Oh, that's good. That's you know what? Good. I actually kind of enjoyed it because I got oh, I took okay. a step at the uh, the whole hosting thing. I think I did a pretty good job last episode. I well, kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I also wasn't here last episode when you guys did the top sixes, and you guys made the graphic for it, and I posted it to Twitter, not knowing really how you arrived at that conclusion, because it was just one ranking. It wasn't like you each had, like, individual rankings. Yeah. So I posted it, and Twitter was just like, what is this? This is terrible. And I was like, I don't know. Ask JP. And uh, JP came in and was just like, I have no idea. <laughs> no, it was, literally, it was literally just, like, the top five ranked analytical top sixes. So, okay, so we kind of put that together, like, a little kind of last minute-ish. I put that together. I mean, honestly, that's not too far off from my personal top five. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I went on Evolving Hockey, and I was like, these are the best, these are the top sixes from Daily Faceoff. And then I kind of went in and just ranked the top sixes based off that, and it kind of mirrors my own uh, personal opinions. I mean, honestly, I don't think, I mean, I think I have Edmonton, at four. I think they were three, and I put them at four or something like that. I mean, we don't think it all that whole. Well, big people thing, but... yelled at me, and that's the real point here. <laughs> you know what? I put that on you because you re- you tweeted out the graphic on your own account with re- no context. Instead of retweeting from the main account. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. So these are the top five. Uh, I find about like, it down below. He's like, I yeah, wanted... we, we ranked top six. I was like, I was like, did we? I wanted people to actually see it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. No, the only one the only one that I disagree with on the model is I think the Leafs are too low. You know what? It's because yeah. I if you listen to the episode, it's because of the defensive uh, metrics for the second line with Nylander and Domi. I mean, defensively, Domi is like maybe this, like Kuznetsov level. Uh, this is what happens when we let the analytics nerds take over the podcast. God, I hate them. I really do. I can pull, I can pull the receipts. You're like, I don't know much about these top sixes, so you guys got it this time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I willingly sat out on that one because oh, good. I am not an NHL fan. I'm a Devils fan, all right? I don't, Fair. I mean, no, I'm kidding. I what a loser. <laughs> you guys sit around watching hockey all day. I just watch the Devils and then do other things. Like, okay. Roll Twitter and play Xbox. So who's the real loser here? <laughs> no, oh, we can man. we can jump into what we have today. Um, I actually uh, was impressed with the idea here, uh, Andrew. If you want to present it, I, when you when you put it in the chat and you're like, "Hey, you guys want to talk about this day?" I was just like, "Fire! Yeah, let's do that." Yeah. Sure. Let me pull up who I got it from. Uh, the one good thing Elon did for me on Twitter is giving me the suggestion on my For You page. So they're a Detroit Red Wings-centric uh, podcast called the Grindline Podcast on Twitter. Um, We're giving free ads now? I was—I mean, I was about to say, like, can we even really give them free ads comparing the size? They got, like, 10K followers. I think it's just a great idea. It's another, like, kind of, like, tier list, like, predictions kind of thing. And I know it's just a really good discussion. We'll get the people involved on Twitter. Hopefully, no one attacks BP for his personal opinions again on this one. I will. Uh, I will attack I, BP's I, I, personal I, I, opinions. Yeah, no, I, you'll, I, you'll be in the comments deflecting, making sure that no one attacks <laughs> you. I plan on it. Let's get after it. Yeah, so we're we're doing a, a will they or won't they. Um, I got a list of questions that I came up with and I asked a bunch of people. So 
um, number one, I guess, is a combination question. Will Jack Hughes hit both 40 goals and 100 points? Yes. Yeah, easily. I think no. Which one? I don't think he gets to 40 goals. I think he gets to 100 points. You don't think so? No, I... I This might be... Oh, I'm going to get crucified for this take. I don't think Jack is a very good shooter. Um, I think he... I can see the face you're making. No, I don't think he's a very good shooter. I just think he shoots the puck so many times that some of them are sick. I mean, okay. I've been... Yeah, I've been on the rabbit hole of Devil's highlights and that Caps game where he got the hatchet comes up and like some of those goals are just like not shooter shoots. He just like throwing it at the net and they just yeah, go exactly. Minus yeah. the last goal, but but he's gonna do that forty times this year. But you gotta think he didn't really have like a bona fide like shooter on his line this year. He's That's gonna he's, have he's the shooter, right? He was the shooter on his line. He's gonna have one of Toffoli or Mercer or even Timo, I guess, on his line. So I think he hits 100 points easily. I I think he's in probably in the 110, 120 range. But I think most of them are going to be, like, assists, primary assists. And just using daily face-off to remain consistent from last episode, I think his line mates right now are Brad and Toffoli. Yeah. So Jack Hughes is going to hit 100 points, and he's going to hit 50 goals. So 50 goals? I he, honestly don't even think that's too crazy, to be honest with you. I think that's pretty crazy. I, I mean, think, I don't know, because I, because I I hear what you're saying, but the the thing that separates guys like Jack Hughes from pretty much the rest of the league when it comes to that caliber of player is it does look like they're just throwing stuff at the net and hoping something sticks, but it somehow seems to stick for them, you know, like and at a certain point it becomes well maybe that's not what they're actually doing, maybe they are just really that good, and you know it's like the the. The, the great players make it look easy. They make it look like, you know, some of the stuff was luck when what are the odds that he just keeps getting lucky all the time? I mean, just to put year over year comparison, he averaged over a shot more per game this past season than the season before. And like we just, just said, like some of his shots are just like muffins on net. Like some of his shots are just like, he's like wiring the shot, like beating goalies clean off the rush, like off the right wall. I feel like that's kind of like his spot. Like he like, catches like a pass in transition, skates by someone, just beats a goalie clean, like a low blocker. It's not like, they're not muffins. Like he's like, he's not like obviously like Stamkos and Ovechkin level shooter, but like it's a respectable shot. Like you have to respect him now. Yeah. I mean, like, his shot has definitely improved. I think Mark Recchi did a really good job at teaching him how to right. actually shoot the puck. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think he's always been more of a playmaker. I think he's going to kind of embrace that role a little bit more than he did this past year. Um, I still think he's going to score like thirty-five. I just don't think he gets forty. Yeah, you know, like I could I could good. see him score like thirty-seven goals and like seventy-seven assists. That would be unreal. Yeah, I mean, that'd be an amazing season. I just, right. I, I feel like he's gotten so much better in his skating that, or maybe not gotten better, but gotten more confident and progressed over the years that he gets these breakaway goals or these, you know, odd corner shots where he doesn't have to be an Ovechkin Stamkos style shooter necessarily. Those playmakers do make plays to get the goalie out of position, whatever. It's not like he has to be a sniper all the time. So, 
I think he's still going to be a, a massive goal scorer this year. Right, like he's just smart. He's just way smarter than the average player. So like he's like he's going to anticipate like if a goalie's like off his angle by like a slight amount, and he's a good enough shooter that he's going to pick that top corner like right by the goalie's head like more often than not. Yeah, I mean, I I hope he scores forty. I hope he scores seventy. I yeah, I was going to say I don't <laughs> think this is like a, you don't you think he's bad. It's like no, he's going to score uh, one hundred seventeen points, but right. like seventy seven of them are going to be or whatever are exactly. Be yeah. yeah. And I also I understand that the Devils have so many goal scorers now that if they all score, you know, to their ceiling, we're looking at six goals a game. Right. No, like exactly that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not choosing to cut down on Jack Hughes there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I guess that kind of that kind of ties into my next question, too, is will or won't Timo hit 40 goals? I was originally no. But I am going to go with yes. I'm going to say yes for this one. I, coming into this episode, made a very conscious decision uh, without telling you guys that I was just going to say yes to every single I, question yes. and and be the biggest homer possible. But because you guys have both said yes, I'm going to bail on that in the second question, which is a remarkable, <laughs> remarkable turnaround uh, by me. But um, I... I don't know about Timo. I think if there's going to be one goal scorer that doesn't push the ceiling because other people are, I think Timo does, I don't want to say regress, but take a role that he's not the guy like he was in San Jose that has to score every goal where Jack Hughes may be that guy, in your opinion, that takes that around him now. But I think Timo Meyer might take a step back because there's so many other people around him now. Interesting. See, I think if we're going based off of what I thought the lineup would be, I have Timo with Nico and Mercer. That's what Daily Face has too. Right. I I think out of the three of them, he's got to be the guy who scores the goals, you know? Like, all three can do it, obviously, but I feel like Timo's just going to be the, I'm going to stand right in front of the net, and if there is a rebound, it is going in the back of the net. Yeah, he's just going to shoot everything directly right. on that. It's, it's kind of like a la Jack Hughes. He just shoots everything on net. Wherever he can get a shot off, he will put a shot on goal. Um, I just happen to think that Meyer is a better shooter than Jack, generally. I mean, there's... Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but there's more... Probably there's more evidence and data to suggest that is the case, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would disagree there. Well, one thing, and I know this is also going to be something we're going to discuss, but I fully believe in Nico in taking kind of more control and having more confidence in his game because we've seen flashes of it throughout the past two years, I think last year more so, where he's kind of teetered back and forth between being his own superstar and being the guy who can make the passes instead and, and, you know, be more of a facilitator but maybe Meyer lets him just keep doing that and maybe Meyer is the guy to score all the goals and maybe that's just how it works and keeps going but I have this weird personal faith in Nico Hishier to really blossom into really his own superstar much like you know a Jack Hughes type because we've seen it a few times and I keep going back to there was a goal not this past season but uh the season before it where they played in Dallas and it was probably his best shift, maybe of his career, yep. where he had the puck at the blue line, skated it fully around the boards, fought off like three guys, 
uh, got to about the right circle, cut back in, had an insane dangle, scored the goal. And I thought that was the Nico Hishir coming out party. Like, I thought if he realizes what he can do, like, it's over for everyone else. And I really was looking for that all year this past year. And I think we saw it for a while, but I don't think we saw it for the full season. I really, really think we could see that this season. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be like a hundred point player. No, um, no. that's not the reason. I could no. see him like eighty five to ninety two, is where I kind of see him capping in his career. Um, I just don't think he's like the the kind of you know. I'm going to score as many points as I possibly can. He's the, I'm going to do all the little things right kind of players. Which is why we Patrice him. Bergeron. Who? <laughs> Who? 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 Uh, but, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't think, I don't necessarily think he's going to be the one getting on the score sheet every time the double score the goal. I don't think he is either. I just think we're going to see more of it. I like, I, I don't think he'll ever be an 82 game, carry the team on his back, guy like jack hughes absolutely is right i just think that we're gonna see longer sustained periods of that confident play where he looks like he could be you know what i mean yeah i guess uh i guess that kind of leads perfectly into my i was gonna say is nico or is nico not going to be a point per game player yes yeah i think think yes but like barely like yeah i mean he was (laughs) 83 in 80 (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's 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 weird you know with injuries he, he misses at least a few games per season so it's yeah. tough to say you know 80 or 85 or whatever i think he is a point per game guy i think this top six is so stacked i you know i really would have loved to talk about that wish i had a chance to um talk about our top six but alas i did not um i'm kidding uh, <laughs> but but no, there's just so much around him now that I can't see him not being a point per game player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I was gonna say I don't think he's much like Jack. I don't think he's had better line mates in his entire career. I mean, that's not even like a stretch to say. I mean, you're gonna play with at a time two of Jesper Brad, Timo Meyer, Dawson Mercer, and then Tyler Toffoli. It's like. And you've kind of, like, what BP alluded to earlier, like, that shift in Dallas, you kind of saw, especially this past year, with the Devils just being one of the premier teams in the league, you kind of saw his, like, confidence just, like, kind of take over and, like, just, like, take another step. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, for um, sure. Next one. Will Brat be a point-per-game player? He'll be a two-point-per-game player. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh two <laughs> Two two points in one game, and he gets injured for eighty one. <laughs> um, I I think we're looking at a one hundred fifty point ceiling for Jesper Bratt oh, this year. Yeah. Um, anything under fifty goals, I, I think is just. I don't think we should even consider that. I don't think we should even discuss that option. I think it's silly. I was thinking um, more eighty goals, eighty assists. I I think we're hitting the ballpark now. Um, yeah. I, I think we're going to see something along the lines of Gretzky and Lemieux this year from Jesper Bratt. Yep. And I think that's pretty much the opinion of par- across this podcast. We could just move on to the next one if you want. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, how about how about, uh, how about your opinions there? <laughs> Wait, so it, it's two yeses? Oh, yeah. I think he's I think he's going to be a point-per-game player. Oh, no, I don't think so. No. No, he wasn't a point-per-game player this year, and he shot – I think he shot higher than his career average this year. 
I mean, granted, he scored 30 goals. I mean, I'm not going to say he has, I think he has an underrated shot. He should probably shoot more. I think a lot of people have said that over the year, over the years. Um, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and say he can't do it because much like Jack and Nico, it would be unfair to him to not say he also has better linemates now than he ever has. He's coming to his peak. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more later. I think the power play is going to be much improved. I mean, the talent on this team is like so overwhelming. Yeah. It has to at some point just click. Um, I think it'll be just under. But yeah, I, I won't be surprised if he's point a game. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh shit, like I wasn't expecting that. Like no, I expected. I just don't think it, like, it might, might just not happen. I think he's kind of falling in the same um, scene as where I think Nico's gonna be like barely over a point per game. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to be a point per game player in the NHL. It like it is. Uh we saw how dominant he's been the past two years and he hasn't scored more than seventy three points, right? I mean the thing yeah, like he started the season on fire. Like yeah. he had like thirteen it was like twelve, thirteen games in a row a row where he had a point and then yeah. I mean as many guys do, they hit a bit of a lull in that December winter period. But we won't be surprised if he puts up eighty five, ninety points. Honestly yeah. won't. Yeah. Yeah, I I think his issue uh, and maybe one of his only ones, uh, depending on who you ask. But, and I said this just about Nico like two minutes ago, but there are certain guys that I feel have so much raw ability and need the confidence to match it. And, That's the main thing with him. Right. And until the confidence matches it, the performance is not necessarily going to be there because you guys have guys like Jack who have the ability, have the confidence. You know, and it and it shines through. You have guys like Miles Wood who have the confidence but don't have any of the ability, <laughs> and we see what happens there. And then we have guys like Jesper Bratt and Nico Hishier that have the ability, usually have the confidence, don't always have the confidence. And when it's on, it's on, and when it's not, it's not. So right, it, it, that's really what it's going to come down <clears throat> to for him is if he plays to his ability and not i'm not i don't even mean like a ceiling or like the best of his ability but if he plays to his normal game he will be a point per game player i i really truly heavily believe that but we have seen him on stretches not have that confidence not right some people have called it a lack of effort i don't really think that's the case um i don't think that's really ever the case in the nhl uh, it, it will like if there's exceptions to the rule <laughs> it, it is sometimes the case but um with most guys, it's usually not the case. So I think there's certain guys on our team that if their confidence can match their ability, they will succeed, yeah. you know, wholeheartedly. I think Jesper Bratt is the biggest example of that. And then Nico Hishier. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you. Again, I think he's going to be over a point per game. So, you know. All right. Absolutely. Uh, next one, we got, will the Devils have five 30-goal scorers? Yes. I think no. so, too. I don't think so. You don't no. think so? Okay. I mean, we if you include Timo, we had five last year. Jack, Nico, Brad. I'm looking at my monitor over here. Jack, Nico, Brad. Eh. Or do we have four and then Mercer was, had like 27 or something? Mercer had 27. It was Jack, yeah. 43. Nico, 31. Jesper, 32. Uh, Timo had like 40-something in total. And then Dawson had 27. Yeah. And adding, I think we have five 30-goal scorers. Adding to Foley, I mean, he, he wasn't on the team last year, but he did score 30 goals last year. Right. Sure, how much of that do you think he's going to – not to go all, like, 
analytics and age curve, but like how likely do you think it is at his age to repeat that performance? It was like such an outlier year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I wanted to happen. Again, I think it's kind of the case with my talking point with like Perat. Like, I think it's like just just under, and he's like 25 goals, 37 assists, 62 points, something like that, which again, really good. Right. Like that's, that's really solid second line production. Um, but I, I don't even think Toffoli gets 30 goals. I think it's Mercer. Who's going to be the fifth 30 goal scorer. I did talk about this the other day in one of our side chats that we have. I think Mercer's got like, it was, it was on display a lot in the past past year. His shot is like underrated, like underratedly good. It's on and off his stick and he elevates that puck in a flash. Yeah. I've honestly I'm gonna say no because I think Brad's because uh, I with Brad I think it's he's like a 29 goals like 50 assist guy or something like that. Oh, you dick, you're such an ass. 29. This guy really got on a podcast saying I think I'm gonna say 29. Instead of 30. Yeah. Would you say I'm playing devil's advocate? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Why do we have you here? Tell you what, I I will play angels advocate here. Then uh, the Devils oh. are gonna have seven 30 goal scores. Seven 30 goal scores. Seven. Like if, the, if the question was like, do you think the Devils are going to have like seven or eight 20 goal scores? I'd say yes. Oh, I think the Devils think, will have like a firm like eight 20 goal scores. I think the production is going to be ridiculous this year. Yeah. I, no, the Devils will probably have like 10 20 goal scores, really. <laughs> I mean, think about like Dougie is probably going to score a solid like Dougie close to 20 goals. Yeah. There will be 23 20 goal scores on this team. Oh, next year. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> so no, I was mean... smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I mean, twenty-three. Alex Holtz. That means uh, you're you're putting him on the twenty-three man opening night roster and giving him twenty goals. Damn straight. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he'll be the seventh thirty goal scorer then. Oh, you know what? I love the confidence. I really do. You know what? We're gonna have seven forty goal scorers this year. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just- I'm just going for clips here. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Will the Devils eclipse their 112-point season? No. 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 I don't think so either. Are you, wait, you guys both said no? Yes, absolutely. Ah, shit. I mean, what did we go on a 13-14 game win streak? Something like that? 13, Maybe even yeah. more? It, was, yeah. it should have been 14 if it you want to get that. It should have been 14, right. I mean, 13-game win streak. But I guess you could say that the winter, December, January stretch kind of evened it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, It wouldn't surprise me, but 112 points is ridiculous. That's a lot of points. It's hard to be that good. I think we finished with, like, 5, 1, 6, something like that. Like, it's not far off, but because I think that the Metro did get a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Um, a, li- a little? <laughs> well, I've said that because of Columbus. I feel like we've, we, we have a side chat where there was discussion the other day about Columbus and, like, don't crown them until they, like, do something. It's like, or you can just, like, objectively look at them and be like, okay, they should probably be better. Like, they're not yeah. going to be great, but, like, I just yeah. think, like, the level of competition has gotten better. Granted, so have the Devils, and they were very good last year. I just think 112 points is a lot to ask. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I could see us getting, like, 108, you know, high 100s. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near one. Well, I guess near 112, but, you know, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's it's... it's... 
every te- I mean, every year there's teams that hit those marks, but you can't predict those marks. It, it would be like irresponsible to be like penciling us in for 115 points, yeah. you know, before the season yeah. starts. It's like, yeah. you know, teams can go on runs and and have amazing seasons and cool, that's great, but you can't predict that, right? Unless you're Brad Pack on the Devils Advocates podcast because we're scoring 120. Oh wow! And Brad is getting 80 goals, 80 assists. Well, that's how they're going to get to 100. Right. Yeah. Of course. I, of course. Of course. Follow the logic. That was really, that was a stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, more more team stats. Uh, will the Devils have a top 10 power play? Yeah. Easily. They should. Right. I guess that's the thing. They should. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say barely. <laughs> yes or no? None of this made barely. Yes, yes, no. yes but barely. He 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 just did the equivalent of saying you think a guy's going to score twenty nine goals, goals instead yeah, of thirty. Listen, that's the first time that came off the top of my head. He's like, we're going to finish ninth power play, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do think we're going to finish ninth. All right. I I don't know what it is about the Devils' power play, um, and I don't have the stats in front of me of where we finished last year. We we were not top ten last we year. We were thirteenth. Third, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, even thirteenth, it feels like sometimes. Uh, I don't even know how we got that high. Um, Jack. Yeah. Jack. Well, yeah. Jack and sometimes Brat. Um, I don't know what it is about our power play that the past two years really should have been good. And I know two years ago was just a terrible season that nothing worked for anyone. But even when our twelve you know, forwards, forward core was not great. We always had at least five that really should have been good. And the power play always looked good for the most part. Yeah. And last year, there was really no reason why we shouldn't have been top 10 last year. I don't know what it is. And maybe someone who knows hockey strategy a little better can explain this to me. But what is it about the devil's power play that the sum of the five guys we have on the ice just doesn't add up? If you, know? you want to get If you want to get a little scientific over here, we were technically ninth in the league in expected goals on the power play. So a lot of it was, I don't want to say a lot of it, but a good chunk of it was puck luck. You know, we, we hit a lot of posts, we missed a lot of open nets, so on and so forth. But as far as generating chances goes, we were top 10. Yeah, I don't think it's for a lack of trying. I think yeah. it's more of like... <laughs> they're trying real hard. <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying really hard to get into that top 10 ranking. I think, but... Part of it, too, I do think, is at times it can seem a bit telegraphed where it's like kind of like pass it around and like give it to Dougie. I mean, that's not a bad option to let Dougie shoot from the point and see if something happens. But puck movement seems to be an issue sometimes where yeah. and sometimes zone entries aren't the cleanest and they get broken up at the blue line and then they got to go 200 feet again and then they try and dump it in and then they get the pucks. Like, I think it's, it's puck lock and puck movements, I think. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have a note. It's like, Filthy's top six in the league, plus Dougie and Luke. I think Luke is going to add another element to yeah. that puck movement. Another guy who can, like, Jack beat the, that 1-2-1 one, two, one, two, one or whatever that team is using in the neutral zone. So, yeah. By the way, uh, JP, when you brought up hitting a lot of posts, I don't know why I thought of this, but do you guys remember, I think it was two years ago, we had, like, a five- or six-game stretch where – like once per game a devil's player was getting hit in the face with the puck yeah those were curse years yeah that, that was two was, years ago 
<laughs> that was I remember I mean I think that was Dougie's big injury as well. Yep. Um I think Yanni Kokonen got hit in the face with yep. a puck. I think Nico may have gotten hit in the face with yep. a puck. Was there, there was a stretch where Devils players' faces were just absolute magnets for pucks. Pucks and sticks, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're yeah. just like I that was like one of the funniest little stretches of random bad luck where I swear it was once a game where it's just like, and this player got hit with a puck in the face. They are skating <laughs> off. It's like, again? <laughs> Sorry. I had to <laughs> no, no. On that one. You're, you're good. As far as like, as far as the power play stuff goes, I think we obviously have a lot more firepower than we did last year. And that's saying something because we had a lot of firepower last year. The only reservation that I have is Travis Green's going to be the guy running it. And in his stint with Vancouver, it was like it was really up and down. Where sometimes did he have like one or two decent years? Yeah, he was fourth in the league one year, but also like the subsequent year is like twenty seventh or something. So, so like it's. I think that's more. Sorry, I think that's more of an indictment on Vancouver's roster construction more than anything else. Again, I don't know like the years that you're referring to, but like if it's like. They were fourth in the league when it was like Quinn Hughes, JT McPeak, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson like running the show. And then the one year it's like one that was hurt or something like that. I think it was just... actually the year he was fourth was the last year of the Sedin twins. That would make sense. <laughs> that was good. I think. Yeah. Um, but just like just looking at the teams that are ahead of the Devils this past year on the power play, I think some of them are going to fall off. I think Boston's going to fall off the face of the earth. Um, they're not going to be ahead of us power play. I don't think Ottawa's going to be ahead of us. Um, they have sneaky good players who are elite on the power play, kind of like the Rangers, but they did lose to Brinkett, even though he wasn't that great this past year. That's right. a definite factor. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I really like Ottawa's roster. I don't know if it, they're going to be better than the Devils on the power play. <laughs> There's no reason me. they should be, though. Right. They also get Josh Norris back, who's only, the only good thing about him is his shooting, too. Yeah, he is oh, pretty sick. Is that the guy who they named the trophy after? <laughs> too many people are going to take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody, nobody appreciates a good bit anymore. <laughs> um, kind of on the same token, will the Devils have a top five penalty kill? Nope, this is my firmest answer. No. No. Probably not. I, I think so. I think so. No. Do you really think that? I do. I do. The Devil's PK has been pretty consistently good forever. What if I told, what if I told you they lost Ryan Graves, who was in the 90th percentile for PK war? Uh, I would tell you that they added Colin Miller. Who has no PK war on his exactly. shirt. That's correct. That's how, good, that's, that's how good he is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I also think Sharon Go, which people don't realize how good he is. He was very good on the PK. Yeah, I'll give you that. But didn't didn't Toffoli play PK last year for the Flames? Probably not. And he was he was on the positive. I watched the Flames. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure, at least at least according to Evolving Hockey, he has pretty positive. um... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was like shorthanded defense. Yeah. He's a pretty heady player. Um, trying to pull it up, but nothing's happening. I so. think he kind of just did everything well last year. I don't know if we're going to put him on the PK. I doubt we do. But I, don't think so. I mean, Boston is losing Bergeron. 
and Bergeron has been the best defensive forward in the league and among the best penalty kill forwards in the league for however long he's been Do there. you not trust Pavel Zaka to take the mantle there? Uh, I know Pavel Zaka has good, very good penalty kill metrics. That is his best yeah, penalty kill. When he was in New yeah. Jersey, that was like the one thing that he actually did well. And that was always the point of contention was that when people were arguing his value, they'd be like, oh, well, he's really good on the PK. And it's just like, oh, great. He's a number six overall pick. We didn't bring him in to be a PK specialist. Right. right. I know Zaka does have very good metrics on the penalty kill. But... That was more me trying to bait BP into his... Uh... That guy is the biggest jabroni ever. <laughs> Do you want the top five PK rankings by percentage? I have them right, right in front of me. Okay. It's cool. Boston, Carolina, Dallas, the Devils, and Calgary. Yes. Yes. The Devils were fourth at 82.6. And then if you go down to... Washington, who looks like they're at 10th or 11th, is 81.86. Yeah, so, like, it's tight, but I don't know, dude. If you say if you said top 10, I'd probably, again, a 29 goal, I'd say a 29 goal, yes, here. <laughs> You're just thinking the top 10, but top 5, I don't think so. I mean, I could, I could see it. I don't know. We've, we've been very good on the PK for a really long time. Sure. If you say so. <laughs> I believe Thanks. You. Thank you. I know we had PK Subban for a while. Uh, oh, wow! That, that's the guy they named the penalty kill after, right? Mm, yes, yep. yes, that is correct. <laughs> PK Subban percentage, yes, that's right. Pen- um, that's his name, penalty kill Subban. Yeah, <laughs> more um, of like a chicken or the egg kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Next question. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Next question: Will the Devils have a big trade deadline acquisition? BK Subban, <laughs> bro. <laughs> All right, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, All right. So, will so, will the Devils have a a big uh, trade deadline acquisition? No, they don't need it. In le- in in less of case of injury. Yeah, if like Nico or Jack go down, God willing, and then. Mark Shifley becomes available. I can see that. But... Dude, fuck Mark Shifley. He's actually pretty. We had this. Look, today. I actually... know he's a good hockey player, but he's like an asshole. Is he part of that scumbag? He is room? part of the scumbag locker room. Uh, I'm relatively sure he was beefing with Pierre Luc Dubois, and that's why Dubois was. I mean, off. he probably deserves it. <laughs> and then, and then in the playoffs a few years ago during the bubble year, he like murdered that guy on the Canadians. Yeah, Jake Jake Evans when he was yeah. trying to do the wraparound, he absolutely yeah. demolished him. Yeah, I'm gonna say no because they are. I think they are gonna do something, obviously, because they're gonna be in contention. I think it will be like a Yaroslav Halak type of trade or something like that in net. I still think the Devils are gonna do something like that, but up front, I mean, your top nine is pretty much locked in. And if you're trading anyone in the top nine, it is Alexander Holtz. And then on defense, you don't really need to do anything. I mean, maybe if someone becomes available, but I'm going to say no. I'm just for the sake of disagreeing with you guys, I'm going to say yes. And I think it's going to be a goalie acquisition. You think I'm, it's a I think it's going to be a Hellebuck-esque acquisition, yeah. I think Hallmark. that happens before the deadline. 
I mean, maybe. I don't think, I don't think they get to that point. Look, I, it's possible. I said I just said yes to disagree with you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have- uh, if, if it gets to that point and they haven't done it yet, then yes, I think it happens. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it gets to that point. That's, that's probably fair. So I guess a question that's tied in with that is, will Alex Holtz be a devil by the end of the year? Yes. I think he cements his place on the team. I think because I disagreed with you guys on the previous question, I have to say no. I want him to be. I want the devil. I would rather the devils not make a big goalie acquisition of the trade deadline and keep Alex Holtz. But because I just said we would, now I no he, longer think that Alex Holtz is on the team. He's on the you, chopping block if there sure. needs to be a significant piece made in the trade. He's, yeah. he's got to be first on the list. Yeah, yeah. we we touched on very briefly before we started recording. I mean, if he, he's probably the most valuable trade chip in the organization, but just to touch on your stance, JP, do you think it's more of him not performing or do you think it's a matter of him not getting the opportunity to do so? So if you want my... Because right, right now, again, using daily face off there, Mercer is the second line right wing. And I honestly, I think... I do think that the third line as currently constructed, it looks weird on paper, but I do think it's some, it's a line that kind of fits well for him. Yeah. I mean, if you want my actual non related to my previous answer question, I think Alex Holtz will firmly be on the team by the end of the season. Yeah. I hope so. Look, I mean, again, like I'm rooting for the, I'm rooting for the guy. He doesn't have to be the, like he doesn't have to be Jack's guy. Like he looked like he had to be being drafted one year after Jack. And everyone kind of saw it's like, okay, they drafted him to play with Jack, and it obviously hasn't happened yet. Like, he can still carve out a role where he's, like, a third-line guy, and he's, like, the guy on the power play on, like, the half wall in the OV spot. Yeah, I mean, you you guys know how high I am on Alex Holtz. Love Alex. Yeah, dude. I wrote an article about him and everything. Didn't you just say he's not going to be on the team next year? Yeah, to defend my previous take. (laughs) So... Just flip-flopping out here. Okay. Because I said yes to the trade deadline acquisition... We're going to run an audit. All right. All right. You episode. know what? I'm, I quit. I quit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, um, I hear you. Yeah, so I'm, generally speaking, I'm very high on Alex Holtz. I want him to be on the team. If we do make a trade deadline splash, he's probably going to be the one going. As... As he probably should be. As, as he probably as should be. And it probably would be performance-based. I don't think we move him if he's lighting up, you know, putting 25 goals in the back of the net. 29. 29. Although, I will say, we all thought this last year with Timo. When Timo Meyer was, you know, thought to be available, the it, trade speculation began and ended with, all right, well, Alex Holt has got to be a part of the deal, and then we'll kind of work from draft picks or other lower level prospects from there and then the trade comes in and he's just nowhere near it and i feel like that continually happens especially Mm -hmm. in the nhl with trades where the prime you know blue chip prospect pieces not saying he's necessarily blue chip anymore but um the most attractive pieces that keep getting brought up over and over again almost never seem to be the the pieces that are actually moved it all it always seems underwhelming it, it always seems like a piece below them ends up getting targeted yeah I, that's that's fair again i don't want him to move i want him to be on the team that's yeah. fine we'll just 
when we walk away from this podcast today, we'll all know that JP wants Alex Holtz nowhere near <laughs> the New Jersey Devils. And JP will be pissed if he sees a Devils logo on Alex Holtz next year. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of continuing with, my, with the little prospect stuff here. Um, this one is not on the list that I gave you guys. But will or will not Seamus Casey... Transition to forward. Elite number one center, Seamus Casey. I want to say yes, because he's obviously, I mean, we've seen it. He has the skill set to play that center. Do I think it's center if he does? No, it's probably going to be wing. Do I think it's going to happen? Also, probably no, because this is hockey. Like, they're very, very conservative about positioning and all that good stuff. I mean, they won't even play two guys with the same handedness on the same D pair. So no, I would like to see it, but it's not going to happen. I would just like to say I was unprepared for this question. And it's in my contract that you have to prepare me for any questions uh, to be asked well. on here. So this is a breach. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, but okay. um, I, I do think Seamus Casey is going to become a forward for the devils simply because he has to. I don't think there's an option for anyone to join the defense right now. And, you know, there may be spots opening up. Who knows? Maybe when we're really cap-strapped in a few years, I mean, hopefully it doesn't get to that point and we've built our team to not get to that point. But teams hit the cap. They, you know, make moves and hit caps. So unless someone really moves out of the defense, there's really just not a spot open. And for a prospect like him who's going to be ready sooner rather than later, you have to adjust and you got to find where your role is to try to make your splash wherever you can. And right now behind Luke Hughes and uh, Simone Nemitz, Seamus Casey is not the upcoming defensive prospect. So I think he tries forward out just to get a, a look and who knows, maybe if he sticks around with the devils, he moves into defense when he can, or if he gets traded to another team, eventually, you know, restarts as a defenseman. But as of right now, I think he's gonna have to try forward. Yeah, I think I, I think he's I think he's firmly gonna transition to forward. I think I know Andrew said that he's not going to, but I think he's gonna transition to center. Um, I think he could. I think I he will. I no, I think he will. I really do. He, we have another option. We have Hamilton, Marino, so and Nemich on the right side. Yeah, right but on side. on the left side we have Siegenthaler, Hughes, and Ball, and Brendan Smith. Okay, not this year. Brendan's sure. are going to be here in 12 years. I was going to say like, 12 years. 12 <laughs> years. <laughs> God, he's here in 12 years. That's a whole other problem. I don't this know. Guy, I just, this I don't... guy won't commit to 30 goals, but he'll commit to 12 <laughs> years of Brendan Smith. I love Brendan Smith. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. I think I think Seamus Casey's going to move to center. I think... I think he's good enough. He's good enough to play the left side. And he's not like a conventional D-man, much like Luke, where he's a rover. You're shaking your head. I just, no. I just don't think there's enough space. I think, I think he has to. If he has to transition to forward, it's got to be center because the Devils have no center prospects. Um, and for those who don't know and are listening, he played one game at center last year for Michigan, and he scored two goals, had an assist, and went sixty-five percent in the face-off dot. I forget who they were playing that game. They were not playing not... the NTDP. Well, I was gonna say I don't, it's not nothing, but like, it's well, a lot from nothing. One thing I will throw into the speculation ring here. Did you guys see the quote he gave at DevCamp about positions? 
No. He said sister-in-law or something. He said uh, upon returning to Michigan that his coaches have stressed to him to not focus on being a defenseman, just focus on being a hockey player. And that I mean, doesn't again, seem like it comes from nowhere. I mean, sure, but again, that is you. That is Michigan. Like they're very. What are you smiling about over there? I just, the... I'm just excited about thinking about Seamus Casey being the number one center prospect for the Devils. There, the college teams know, especially when it comes to prospects of this level, that they are a developmental program. They especially are not, Michigan. Especially Michigan. Uh, they are the least stranger to this at this point that they know they are not there for Seamus Casey to necessarily win games with Michigan. They are there to make sure that Seamus Casey is the best NHL NHL player he can be. So if they say something like that to him, that doesn't tell me, hey, you need to be a hockey player instead of a defenseman so that Michigan can, su- can succeed this season. They're saying that because they know, hey, moving forward, you may have to adjust here, and we're going to try to help you do that. Right. Look, I'm for it. Again, I think it's just hockey man stuff, especially with if Lindy's still here when he comes up. That's just not. That's not going to happen. I hope it does. It would be cool. I don't know. I feel like, you know, not. I, I know we discussed not really bringing this up because we. I had it as a question originally, but in the case what that in I the say? case <laughs> in the in the case that McLeod is uh, no longer a devil, come this year or next, for. Some reason or another. Thomas Nosek. How gently I'm going to say that. Yeah, but then our center depth is depleted even more so than it already is. So I think we uh, need uh, that, that you know, Seamus Casey, who can be a center prospect for us. Sure, but then do you think if there's another, like, Chris Tierney type, but a level up from that, if you need to fill out the four C spot, you don't think there's chance on that Dude, guy? give me Seamus Casey at center over Chris again, Tierney seven again, days a week. Again, I don't care what you think. Especially Tom. You think Tom's oh, gonna put a five Thanks. five foot nine defenseman at center? I would rather put a five foot nine defenseman at center than a five foot nine defenseman on defense. I'm gonna say they're unrelated, the two things. I we're gonna find out about McLeod's situation relatively soon from what they're saying. Seamus Casey is not gonna be four C this year. I think we have at least a what what is this face? I've I've not seen this face before. That was my mad that was my mad face. JP just scrunched his face up as tight as possible. Like it, there wasn't an emotion behind it. It was just really small. Oh, the, well, ooh. I don't think you ever learned how to make an angry face. We're, we're going to have to dive into that next. But yeah, you're a Spotify listener, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, this is this is um he looks like he learned what emotions are but hasn't felt them before <laughs> and is trying to replicate yeah, them. Yeah, well, I read about them in a book. Yeah. Um, well, the that, book you I, I, yeah, I know I know what book you're reading. Um, <laughs> I hope that's helping. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to hockey. Um, I, I don't think these two things cross paths at the same time. I don't think Seamus Casey uh, defense versus forward – happens on the same timeline as McLeod being on the team or not. I don't think they're related at all. I think one's going to happen way before the other. And I think this Seamus Casey storyline is for a year from now. And and I do think it's going to happen. I do think he's going to move to forward, but I I don't think that'll be why. I don't think that storyline happens. I wasn't so much saying that McLeod being off the team is going to force Seamus Casey onto the team. I think it was more so saying that it's going to force Casey into 
needing to move to forward as a prospect. There, there's just too much time there to do anything else that I don't think that'll be the reason. That's probably I, fair. I, I think we get to the same place. I just think via different methods. You're yeah. taking the train. I'm flying. I Some people say flying is much faster and more efficient. But, you know, I'm just, just a guy with a microphone. You know do you what want I mean? to fight? I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying above you, bud. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, I guess I got one more question for you, and it's it's kind yeah. of it kind of tied in with the whole Michigan thing and defense prospect. Uh, Great segue. Luke Hughes over under forty one points. I lean no, but I can I could see him going over because I have because of something else, but I can get to that a little bit later. I think he finishes slightly under. I'm gonna go with. What was it? Forty-one. Forty. You're gonna go forty. It's gonna go. It's gonna get forty points this yeah. year. Um, I and I. I don't think it'll be a lack of performance on his part. I think his role will just be small enough that it won't lend to scoring a ton of points. I mean, he's still a, a rookie. This is his rookie year. He only played a couple games last year. This is considered his rookie year. Uh, he's gonna be mostly. I. I think actually I could be wrong. I, probably is not going to be on the third pair. It might be on the second pair. Um, But I just don't see them. Actually, I was just about to say, I just don't see them using him like that. And now I'm remembering right now that they used him for 25 minutes. I was just going to say, and I know that's where you were going to go. So I'm just going to have this argument with myself, if you don't mind. (laughs) So if you guys just want to like step out for a second, I'm going to over here. You know, I just don't think they're going to use him that much, so I don't think he's really going to hit it. And then I'm going to go over here and be like, yeah, you're an idiot. They absolutely showed that they were going to use him at the end of the season last year. Lindy Ruff feels totally comfortable putting him in that spot, and he played 25 minutes against Carolina. Then I'm going to go over here and be like, yeah, I guess you're right. This is that point in the episode where I say something really stupid, and you guys tell me I'm wrong, isn't it? (laughs) And then I'm going to go over here and be like, yeah, you fucking idiot. Thanks, Tooks fan. I think that's left shoulder, that guy. I do think his <laughs> role is going to, by the end of the year, I think this is going to be probably a really hot take. I think he's going to take over for Seagan Dollar being the number one left-handed defenseman on the team. I think he's going to be able to do enough of the stuff that Grimes was good at that Ruff will trust him and Marino enough because I do think that's going to be the pairing and it should be the pairing to play together. I think that that pairing is just going to wreck shop. I think it legit has best pairing in NHL potential because John Reno was elite, elite, elite defensively last year, and Luke can skate probably better than like 90% of the defensemen in the NHL already. Yeah. I do think he'll be able to. Did I say yes? No, I said no. No, you said it no. I did say I did say no, but I think it it wouldn't right. shock it wouldn't shock me if you put up like fifty points just because I think he's going to be playing Andrew, like upwards of twenty three minutes a game. What? Andrew, you got to do the segment that I just did and argue with yourself real quick. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Yeah, if we need to edit that one out, I understand wholeheartedly. <laughs> no, I do. I, I okay. I'll change. Yes, he's going to. I think he'll put up like forty five points because I think he's going to play twenty five minutes tonight. So you are just arguing with yourself. Yeah, sure. I'm going to argue with no one because I'm just going to go out and say, I'm going to go out a step further and I'm going to say that he's going to score 50 to 55 points. Um, the, the hot take that you said, Andrew, about taking Siegenthaler's spot was not the hot take that I thought you were going to say. Um, 
my hot take is that he hijacks power play one from Dougie Hamilton. I don't think it happens this year. Oh, I do. I do. If, if Luke Hughes prove like, let, let's say Dougie goes down for a few games and Hughes slots into power play one and he scores like several points on the power play. Like, yeah, I think he takes over that position full time. Um, but I just, I just think his skill is that top end, that elite, that, you know, he's going to be putting, I think he's going to be putting pucks in the back of the net. He's a good shooter for a defenseman. Bigger Jack. No, literally he's bigger, less good slightly than Jack. And if, if we're being honest, he kind of looks like him. (laughs) I hate you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't i don't even know what to say to that i say <laughs> oh man although I, I guess it's kind of relevant for even the siblings because quinn looks nothing like the other two yeah they quinn was at quinn and jack were at i think Brady chuck's wedding this past weekend and it's like he saw some pictures of quinn they kind of don't they look they like, do not look similar at all. One of my favorite, uh, patting myself on the back here, but one of the one of my favorite jokes I ever thought of that I still makes me giggle sometimes, is that Jack and Luke can go out to dinner together, and Quinn can ask to join, and they can literally be like, "Sorry, man, top five picks only." Like, yeah, imagine being be the, imagine being picked seventh overall in the NHL draft, and you are third in your family last place and then the two top five picks play for the same team yeah like what a what a kick where where the sun don't shine that you literally like in any other family you would be generations ahead of everyone else on your family tree and he's literally not even top two in his (laughs) level of generation i mean he might be fourth behind ellen if we're being honest (laughs) no she was she was an insane athlete wasn't she she was, yeah, yeah, she was ridiculous. Really I, I mean, there's a reason that all three boys are as incredible as they are, right? Gene wise, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Quinn fourth in that family. <laughs> Poor Quinn. That that's really the the content we were looking for here. Rank the Hugheses. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that bombshell, I think it's a I think it's a good way to uh, end the episode. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta stop. Yeah, we we really gotta just I, cut BP, don't we? He doesn't look so happy. I I thought you were gonna say something. I <laughs> I was yeah, I was waiting for a follow up there, and I, I, I was enjoying it. Oh, it's all right. No, we we can. Okay. <laughs> you guys got anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Good. Not really. Um, just that we have a pretty cool interview coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it, and and that's not that it has like. Um, you know, it's not, we don't have like an NHL player coming on or anything. Um, but once I say a name, I just know that it's canceled forever after that. Right. You just won't ever be able to do it. Um, so we'll have a pretty exciting interview. I think it'll be one that I don't think any other media form podcast or any otherwise has ever had. So it should be a fun one, an interesting one. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. So definitely have that coming up. And as always... Jesper Brad is the best player in the NHL.